the Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, it's show 66, and this is the Mess It Up podcast. I'm the Bowtie Guy. I am the Biker Chick. And we are here to try to help you... Uh, take a mess and see the message that's buried in there some way. We always like to say that we turn messes into messages, and hopefully that's what this podcast is is doing. But we don't always have a a strict plan for that. That's true. Yeah, we're a little bit more um, willy nilly. I was thinking spirit sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I've heard it both ways. Right. You know, we go to different churches, so maybe maybe, maybe you guys have different really nilly. Maybe you guys have different <laughs> terms for that kind of stuff than right? we do. But uh, yeah, I guess it might seem willy nilly. Um, here's the thing. I wonder what it is. To me, it's a bit of a conundrum. True. Yeah. Which is our word of the week, and this word of the week today is brought to you by. The ever popular and fantastic Christina, uh, she said we should do conundrum for the word of the week. I said I think we've done it, and I looked. I was like, we haven't done it. So a conundrum is a confusing or difficult problem or question. And by golly, I think that sometimes uh, life and uh, recovery can definitely be a conundrum. I mean, for sure. Yeah, without yep. a doubt, it's. Yep. Uh, Messy. I don't think even comes close to what it really is. Right. And yeah, you inhaled. No. No. So I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about that on the show today. Uh, before we do that, sometimes we get busy talking. I forget to do all the the, the housekeeping and whatnot. So I want to let right. people know our email addresses because people seem to love the emails. So if you want to get a hold of Intern Dave in beautiful... Alohaville, Hawaii. That is info at messituppodcast.com. If, however, you would prefer to talk to me through the email markets, uh, it is bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Now, some of you would rather not talk to Dave or me. Some of you would love to talk to the co-host of Mess It Up Podcast. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people how to get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. <laughs> I love that we don't practice this. When we first started this thing, we were so planned out. And now I just, I love the freeness of it. A little willy-nilly. A little bit willy-nilly. Um, we also have uh, uh, a presence online so that people can interact with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. We're out there with Mess It Up. We also have a uh, subreddit on Reddit called Messed Up Ministries where you can find us. And then uh, some of you have chosen to support us financially through Patreon. So if you go to our MessItUpPodcast.com homepage, right on the bottom left-hand side, there's an orange button that says Become a Patron. And for as little as a dollar a month, seriously, as little as a dollar a month, you can support us. Um, so uh, we appreciate all of you guys who do that faithfully. And um, we are, uh, we're super grateful that you give us the opportunity to do this show with your financial support. So uh, please do that. Another great way to support the show and get it out there so that more people can hear the show is to write a review on iTunes for us, a written review. Uh, just tell people what you think of the show and then give us a, uh, a review of, you know, one, two, three, four, five stars, whatever you think it's worth. And of course, we'd love five stars, but please be honest because if we get a bunch of bad reviews, we want to, you know, 
we know that we need to do something different with the show. Uh, but uh, the good reviews help people find the show, and we'd love to get our message out to other more people. So please uh, take some time, write a review, and uh, that would be outstanding. Yep. So I don't think I got any other. No, I think you covered it. Outstanding. Yeah, you did great. This is show number 66. That's awesome. I know. That's crazy. My brother was born in 1966. So I feel a little bit of kinship, you know, to my brother. We should have done fraternity for our word of the week. That would have been clever. Again, I don't think about these things in advance. Me neither. And you didn't know my brother was born in 66. So since you picked the word of the week, there you go. Again, it's a big conundrum. It's a fitting word. It is. They're all so fitting. God does a great job with that. So um, today we were uh, talking a little bit before the show, Christina and I, and uh, I said, hey, we should stop talking because we're wasting a good show here just having a conversation. And uh, now uh, I don't want to waste a good show having a conversation. I I Uh want to put a good conversation on a good show. So um, I just want to kind of roll it back a little bit to what we're talking about. And Christina and I were talking a bit about changing and how life has looked before and after coming into sobriety. Right. And uh, especially we were talking about that idea of control. Yep. And um, I know that Christina is a person who doesn't like to have things changed at the last minute on her. I've done that before and it's ended poorly for Very me. Very badly. Yeah. So I looked at that and I, I, I had assigned it the word... Uh, Routine, I think that I said, you know, you like a routine oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you switched it to control. How do you see the difference in that? I think routine is kind of the same thing, the same habits over and over. Control is overall taking the, the helm. Is that yeah. Overall taking the helm and taking control of things. I know you can't use control to define control, but yeah. Like you're in charge of every step of the way or every situation or every, or think you are. So yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, For me, the, it, it, I think the reason I went with the routine thing instead of control is I think I was looking at the predictability of Mm -hmm. life. And I saw that as, okay, when you're in a routine, it's predictable, but I think I can see where if you're controlling everything, it doesn't have to be routine. Right. You just have to be able to say, this is the outcome that I'm wanting. And for you is, is control more of a thing of like, this is the outcome I want, or are you trying to avoid an outcome you don't want, which is more important to you to get what you want or to not get what you don't want? I think life being peaceful and everybody getting along is my ultimate goal in my everyday everything. So as long as everything's kind of copacetic and flowing nicely, then I'm fine. So as long as I can control it, manipulate it to where everything's okay, then I'm okay. But if something goes crazy and somebody's unhappy over here or somebody's upset or, you know, things just aren't in alignment and things aren't smooth and there's tension, then things are out of control for me. Right. So I have to figure out how to smooth things over and get everything back into its alignment and then we can move forward. Is that, um, because when you say that, I, I see that as part of my codependency exhibits itself that way. Would you classify that as a codependent type behavior as well? Or would you say that is something different? Because when you say just the wanting everything to be peaceful and copacetic and doing what you need to do to make sure that that happens. Well, I think the codependency part means that I rely on other people for that peace. So like, I can't be okay if my husband's upset. Right. Whereas 
and and yeah, that piece is codependent because then I have to go fix him so that he's fine and then I'm fine. Okay. But if in a good world without codependency, I think it would be everything's fine regardless of how he feels. Everything's still smooth and running. He might be upset, but it's not the end of the world. Whereas my codependency makes me go, things are out of whack because I depend on him to be in a better place. Yeah, I and, and for me, that's where I can't, I haven't conquered that that need to, you know, because I do like it when things are peaceful. Right. But the closer you are to me, the more I need you to also be happy with me. Right. Uh, I went to the store today uh, to go do some shopping. We went um, to uh, church, then we went to go visit my mom who has had an accident recently, and then we went to go visit my grandson who had surgery. And so we were coming home and we didn't have anything thawed. Uh, We had plenty of food frozen, but nothing ready to cook. So I was like, you know, what do you want to do? And Beth said, I don't feel like eating out anymore, so let's just go to the store. So we went to the store to just go buy something for lunch. And so she went to go get some apples that she wanted, and I went to go buy some chicken and some pasta, and I was going to make this lunch. And then she came and she had a bunch of other stuff. And then I said, we're just shopping for today, dear. And um, I'm guessing that she didn't think that was cool because her face showed. And as I say that now, I think, what a jerk. (laughs) Not her, but, you know, me for saying that because I had gotten five packages of chicken and was thinking about getting a tri-tip that was on sale. So I was doing what she was doing. I just wanted to be in charge. I wanted it to be my way. Right. And then as we were walking, I could tell that I heard her in that. And, and we were going to um, the car and or to, to get in line. And she was just like waiting. And whenever I, she feels as though she's made me upset, she's very timid and just wants to give me what I want. So two codependents, you know, trying to do this. And I could feel it, but I couldn't get myself to say... I'm really sorry to do that. And so now that I'm on the, you know, interwebs with everybody, that's how I'm doing it. I'm telling you, she's not here. Um, So I need to make that right. So um, send me an email when you hear this and say, did you make this right? And I will answer your email. And if the answer is legitimately no, and you send me the email, I will give you a $10 Starbucks card. Uh, for every email that you send me, if I have not done this uh, apology and made this amends, uh, so uh, yeah, it was bad. But I, I, I feel that you know that it's it's not it's not cut and dry and crystal clear. Like what is control? What is codependency? Right. It's like you know what is blue? Well, it's this, but is it light? Is it dark? Is it got a little bit of green in it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so. That's kind of how I feel with this. I can't, I can't decide where I'm more of a control freak and where I'm more codependent. But I think the closer you are to me, the more I care. Some people, I just like, all right, I, I didn't make you happy, but I can let that go because you don't matter to me as much as my wife does or my children do or, you know, my family. Um, you're just, you know, a person in the street, and, which doesn't mean I want to just, you know, be rude to people. But it, it doesn't, I don't wear it as much and I don't change my own behavior as much as I might adapt just to make people happy. Um, and I will do it at my own detriment a lot. I mean, people are like, well, what's wrong with making someone happy? Well, let me tell you, I've, I've driven myself mad trying to make people that I couldn't make happy, happy. 
I understand that completely. Right now, we needed to have a, a video podcast because her face let me know, oh, yeah, I'm hearing you, son. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that completely. And one thing that I learned in past relationship, current relationship, is there's no way that I can be in control of somebody else's happiness. There can be moments to where I bring them pleasure, that things, you know, I do have a happy effect for that person, Mm -hmm. but it's how they receive life and how they process life and ultimately how they look at life that really creates their own happiness. And they can't make me happy either. No. And I I look at that and I think, okay, well, if I'm just with this person, they'll make me happy. If I just do this, that'll make me happy. And that's not, it's not their ability. It's not their job. It's not anything. And I, like you said, I can, I can feel joy. Like I play this golf game. Uh, with my grandsons. And if you guys want to play, it's called Golf Blitz. It's on your your mobile device, Android or uh, iPhone. And my team is called Gunner Kings. G-U-N-N-E-R space K-I-N-G-S because I love Arsenal and the LA Kings. So we're Gunner Kings. You can come find me. We'll play golf together. But I'm playing with my four-year-old grandson, Luke, in um, Hawaii. And so I sent a text yesterday to my grand, uh, my son-in-law. I said, hey, does Luke want to play golf? And I got this little voicemail back from him that let me know that he would like to play golf uh, because um, he thought that would be fun. And here it is. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but I get this back. Yes. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that made me smile so big. That made me happy. I got happy, but that didn't make me happy. I just got happy. That's how I reacted to that. Luke didn't make me happy and I feel like he does. I feel like my kids make me happy, but. I just find joy when I'm around them mm-hmm. in the things that they do. And I just like, they can't make me happy. I can't make them happy. It's not my ability right, uh, to do that. And so that's an important thing to learn. It's so hard. I, I know it between my ears. I don't know it between my shoulders. Right. And that's tricky. Very tricky. Yeah. Um, have, have you had people tell you just don't? Just don't what? Just don't do that. I, I had a person I was going through <laughs> no, a problem I, I with my codependency, and and uh, my friend told me, "Well, just don't. You can't do that." And I was like, "Oh, I can, and I, I do." And right now, in the middle of am doing that, so I think I say that facetiously sometimes, but only like Roland would be like, "Oh, that hurt." I'm like, "Well, don't do that." Yeah, you know that kind of thing. But like seriously, if somebody's going through something, it's not like. Well, just stop because that's not reality. That's not, I mean, we don't do things consciously all the time. Like I just read this book and it talks about your subconscious and just how. Is this the book where you can't say the full name on the show? Yeah. It's got a cursy word in it. (laughs) And it talks about your underlying fallacies and the things that you believe about yourself, people in this world and how our subconscious actually drives so much of our normal everyday operation that our conscious thinking and the way that we actually process things tangibly, you know, in a way that we can see them and understand them or, or, you know, get that vibe or whatever, those things are such a small percentage of what we control. And so we can't really control our subconscious because it's on autopilot from all the years of running itself. Right. And so to change that, takes a whole lot of retraining consciously. Yes. But 
what's the likelihood of it? So we're really not in control of even our own brains as much as we think we are. Yeah. It, it's tough. And that those kind of things frustrate me when I can see something like um, when my friend told me, well, just don't let that person, you know, affect you that way. I'm like, I get that. I agree with you. would love. I just have not been able to figure out how to force that change in my emotion, in right. my psyche to to not care about them. And I, I think a lot of it is I have a hard time making that dividing line between not caring. It feels like I'm saying I don't care about them if I don't let them affect me. Right. I, I often say, well, I guess I need to learn just not to care. Right. Because if I don't care, then you can't affect me. Yeah. And I can only get to that point if I really, truly care what you think, right? Or, or your sure. impact in my life. But Does on the other hand, on a, right? I guess help. Right. But on the other hand, I really can't not care about that person because they're already over that threshold of care. Right. You know, so it's a conundrum. It is a conundrum. Nice job there, Christina. Um, and I think the, the not caring thing... Anytime I get really burnt in a relationship at uh, at a job, at um, a, a church, or with a family member or a friend or whatever, I feel like, okay, I won't do this again. Like, you know, I remember being a kid, and, you know, girlfriend breaks up, they give you the note, you know, from the friend, from the friend that comes through, and it's like, we're breaking up. And I'm like, oh, I'll never love again. I'll never anything. And it's just like, and I always come back. I'm the guy I would, it's better to love and lo- have lost than to never love at all. And right. I know my father was married, went through a very ugly divorce in the late 50s, early 60s, and never saw his kids again for any, all intents and purposes, never saw him again. And my family say he flipped a switch on love at that point. And he would never allow himself to be exposed to that kind of pain ever again. And when uh, I went through my divorce, I thought, okay, do I flip that switch? Do I? And I saw my dad. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm. I love people so much. I have to love them. And even though they might hurt, not hurt me. I might be hurt in things that happen. And if they're gone, it will definitely hurt. I. I want to relish those good times without sacrificing the bad times. I know that those bad times might come in it, but it's maybe it's like emotional thrill seeking. I don't know. Um, Maybe that's my emotional adrenaline rush. I never really thought about that. Maybe. Yeah. And that's what one thing I thought that I had earlier, because I was thinking about relationships and marriage and this is my third marriage. And, um, None of the other two ended well, as we can tell. And there's been several relationships in between. And I was sitting there thinking today, because it's easy to point fingers, right? This is you, this is you, this is you. Um, But in all of my failed relationships, there's one common denominator. What's that? That's me. Oh, my goodness. So, and taking that into effect, it's quite a sobering reality that... Yes, my relationships might not be the greatest, and it's either because I have chosen... Um, to enter into a relationship that won't be the healthiest for me, or I've entered into a relationship that 
potentially could have been great, but I destroyed it. Right. So, and, you know, some are 50-50, but there's definitely a factor of me involved in all things that I do. And that's the only thing I really have any power to change. Right. Is what's going on for me. That's the only thing that we can even hope to have an effect on. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Wow. It's only 20 minutes into the show. That's it. Look at that. Um, I'm going to just pause this for a little bit. And I want to bring in our song of the week, uh, which is when I was driving home from uh, with my mom the other day, uh, we were listening to the radio and the band Unspoken came on and they were doing a a concert of theirs on uh, the uh, satellite radio Christian channel. And they did this song that I've heard before, but they did it in a different way. They, they changed the, the style of it so I could hear the words a little bit differently. And I thought, wow, never heard that song in that way before. And it really struck me. So I, I decided that we would uh, put it on as a song of the week. So this is a song called You've Always Been by the band Unspoken. Uh, give this a little listen. We'll come back on the other side of the break and talk about it a little bit. And then uh, see uh, who wins the control battle over the uh, rest of the show. Yeah. that song uh, coming home I just thought I liked those that concept of always being there and it rang really true to me and then Christina had this thought <laughs> you're gonna make me say <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call you out sister I was I don't know exactly what I said but I uh, basically I think it's a crock okay. um I I it's hard for me at the place that I'm in right now to sit there and go God has been my everything, my father, my brother, my sister, my friend, um, everything I've needed. You've always been because I don't feel that way. I don't feel like God provides the hugs and the encouraging words and the day-to-day sustainability and tangibility of people. Not to say that God can't use people to do those things, but, um, I don't feel like he fills all of me Mm. at all times at the place that I'm in right now. Yeah. Is that something that comes and goes with uh, feelings is that do you always feel that way or is that uh, reflective of the now 
I think it's definitely reflected of the now. There's been moments. Um, I call it a crisis in my faith mm-hmm. to where I'm, I'm, I'm mad at God. Yeah. I have a lot of emptiness. I have a lot of lacking in my heart. Um, not his fault, mine. I do get that much. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out who my God is right now. What, what his, his core values are, I guess, <laughs> for a, a lack of a better way to say it, you know, is, is he the disciplinarian God that, you know, these are the consequences to your action. You just got to kind of suck it up and go through it. Um, but on the other hand, I'm here to hug you, babe, you know, life's going to be okay. And to me, that's reflective of, you know, my abusive father who said, these are your consequences, suck it up to it. Uh, but I love you. Things are going to be okay. And so I'm just kind of in that spot of, you know, I don't think God's the mean, angry God, but is the loving God that I've always felt kind of, um, overstated. Is it kind of, um, naive of me to feel that way about God? Um, because he is the God of the old Testament, right? He's the God that allowed, um, famine and strife and all of these things, um, for his children to bring them into a better place. Right. So I'm, I'm confused about what I feel is legitimately who God is because I've heard so many things lately of, you know, every, you want that loving God, but you want to forget everything, you know, old Testament, you want to forget all of the teachings of, um, who God of the old is, you know, he's still the same God he was then and and now. Well, but we live under that new Testament covenant. We do, but isn't Jesus God too? So, I mean, they say that God is never changing. God is the God of the past, of the future, of the current, right? right? And God is three partisan. He is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God, the father. Well, they act in different ways. They are the same entity underlying. So... It, it's hard for me to, to look at it currently as I'm in that, oh, that was God the Father. That was the God of the old. Well, the God of the old is still the God of the new with or without Jesus. Like Jesus has been there from the beginning. So it gets very convoluted for me. And that's where I'm at right now. Right. There's no clarity. And I know God is a God of clarity. And all of a sudden I found 50 million words, didn't I? You sure did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how rapidly I started speaking. Um but it's hard to know right now when I'm in the midst of what I'm going through, who the true God of my heart is. Yeah. Because I, I don't believe that I don't believe in a lot of things that I've been taught churchy wise about God, because I think there's a lot of fallacies that the current church believes. Um, but I can't discredit their beliefs based on the teachings of, of centuries either. So it's kind of like figuring out my faith and my path and what I'm at right now. Also going through a time that's very difficult for me in my human flesh. Sure. So that's, that's tricky. And I have definitely been there where I, I, again, can conceptualize, okay, yeah, this is true, but I need a hug right now. I need Mm -hmm. a person right now. Right. To put their arms around me and just the, the, the knowledge of God is not what I want. Um, I can't say it's not enough because I made it through that time, mm-hmm. but I sure don't want to keep going through that time. Right. I don't want to make it through again. Um, it, one of the 
groupings of words here, and I, I hate to call it a chorus or a bridge or a verse because I don't really know the, the structure on this, but when I stand before you guilty, oh, your mercy bears my blame. When in pride, I think I'm worthy, you point out the price you paid. When I wander far away, you keep calling my name. You don't give up on me. And I'm so thankful that he hasn't um, given up on me. You know, he has been my savior, my sustainer, my healer, my redeemer. Um, and I think in ways he has provided those people in my life to be that hug. He's mm -hmm. provided my wife to come in, my daughters and my son and uh, where in my family of origin, we weren't super close. We don't do, I mean, I could say anything on this podcast I want about my mother because I know she'll never listen to it. And part of that is just a technology thing, but part of it is also she just doesn't want to know anything about that. It's not that she doesn't want anything to do with me. She just doesn't want to get involved with that. She, I'm still just that little toddler running around in her eyes. My brother is extremely difficult for me to get a hold of. He just, he's a recluse and uh, really doesn't do anything with family. And my father's gone and God has provided me with these people to stand in their place. Uh, I have several ladies that people always get confused by my family because I'll say, oh, my sister. Like, oh, I didn't know you had that sister. And, you know, well, Lonnie's my sister. Kathy's my sister. Um, you know, Christine is my, my daughter. It's just these people that have come in to stand in that gap where, where other humans have failed. And, and God has put those people into my life where it doesn't matter how long. The last time I saw my friend Kathy with my own eyes was several months ago. But if I saw her, it would be like it was yesterday. Right. There's just no... That defies time the same way that God defies time with Old Testament, New Testament, now, then, and everything like that. It's just, if it made sense, I'd be able to figure it out and then pervert it in some way to where it wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. But because it's just so nonsensical, that's where the beauty of it is. Well, and I think that makes us rely on him for things too, because it doesn't make sense. The only thing that I know for a fact, because I know what it feels like for the Holy Spirit to, to live in me. I know what it feels like to be guided by God. I know, um, you know, when I'm prompted in different ways or counseled in different ways, that that's the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And there's just no turning away from that because it's, that is tangible to me. That is something that I feel that is, it's very, very real to me. Um, so I know for a fact that there is God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Those I can stand on firm foundation. Um, what their character is always like, I don't know. Um, but I sure can have a conversation with God about that. Right. And I sure can stand in church, arms crossed, and yell at him. <laughs> and Here I stand, arms wide crossed. No, what's funny is they sang that song in church oh today. Oh, my God. That's the whole... And, Not doing and, it. Not and doing I'm, it. No, and I'm, I'm arms crossed, and I've got tears running down my face because I know my heart is hardened, and I know that I'm angry, and I don't know how to break all of that down, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be fake to God. 
and stand there and lift my arms when my heart is, is cracking. Um, I think he released the Kraken. Right. I thought of booze when you said that Uh. go alcoholic me. Uh. Um, but I, I love having a God that I can be real with. Yeah. And, um, that's good enough for me. When you said that it, uh, and I'm going to mess this up uh, because it, it, well, it's important. Good thing we're on the Mess It Up podcast. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about it uh, makes us be reliant on God, I think you said. Something along those lines. Not being able to understand yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I, I don't necessarily think it makes me be, but it teaches me to be. And then it's my choice. Tomato, tomato. To, yeah. But for me, <laughs> I still have that choice to be like, no, because I remember when I was in this crisis of faith, uh, you know, back when we began this show, I was in that, that place and I was like, I don't care about all this ooh stuff. I want that hug. I right. want that physical. I want that. I want it to be okay now. And... Couldn't, I, nothing could make me. And I thought about not making it. And But the teaching me that, okay, it'll be better this way. It, 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 it gives me that. I focused on the hope and the future rather than the misery of the now. And that, that was something that I learned. But he didn't make me do that. He didn't, he didn't demand that of me. He offered it to me. But he didn't demand it of me. Like my wife today in the store, she brought me nectarines because she knows I love nectarines. She didn't demand that I ate them, but she brought them to me and offered it. And when I came home, without saying thank you for the nectarines, I ate one. And then I said, hey, wow, these were really good, but I still hadn't, you know, I've I've got to give her that thank you. Hopefully she comes in and we can hear it on the show, the thank you. I was going to say something, but I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, the hope for the future. I think that's another place where I'm a little lost right now is, you know, sometimes when you repeat the same cycle or it feels like the same cycle over and over, you're kind of like, hey, I'm an idiot and this is just going to keep happening. You know, I'm struggling with, I'm almost seven years into sobriety, almost seven years into my walk with Christ. And I feel like I'm still that same idiot I was almost seven years ago sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's a tough place to be because it feels like, you know, that there's that whole, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of deal. And I, I feel so infantile in my journey right now Yeah. because I just feel like some of the decisions I made were very naive and I didn't see the long-term consequences. And for some reason, I have unfair expectations of myself that I should have known more about what I'd be going through than what I thought at the time. And that's not reality. I think I've done the best I could with what I had at the time. And I think it goes back to our do. control thing. I got this. Yeah. Well, not even that. It just, my thing is I am optimistically hopeful most of the time. Like things are going to be good. Right. Like. Okay, that was dumb, but we'll pull out of this. And I think some of that that rosiness of my vision is gone right now. Right. Well, and even you said one step forward, two steps back. Even if it's two steps forward, one step back, or 
50 steps forward, one step back. When I'm in the midst of that backward step, I'm going backwards. And so it feels like regression. It feels like loss of momentum and, right. and bad, you know? And, and so it doesn't matter to me at that time. Well, I just had 50 steps forward, you know? I'm just like, yeah, but I'm going backwards right now. Right. Right. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think it's been good stuff. Uh, definitely stuff to think about. If you have thoughts about this, please email us. Have a conversation with us on our Facebook page. Uh, I know that there are people who go on to the Facebook page and talk about the show. Uh, chime in. You know, put your thoughts out there uh, because we love to see what you're thinking. I mean, this is basically our free therapy for each other. Uh, but we'd love to know if um, you know it's having an impact with you. If you're agreeing with us, or hey, if I say something or Christina says something, you're like, that's a load of hooey. Let us know. Just like I brought up this song, and I'm like, hey, this is a great song. And Christina's like, well, that's a load of hooey. You know? So I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Uh, so that's what we're here to do. We're here to take messes, turn them into messages. And sometimes the message isn't always just like, you know, go team, rah, rah, rah. It's sometimes the message is difficult. So... We appreciate you guys being here with us. Shoot us those emails one more time. It's bowtieguy at inform... Whoops. <laughs> bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. And uh, if you got those show ideas or whatever, you want a song of the week or a word of the week, you can email that to info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to check out the guys who have been on our show in the past. Uh, look for uh, for Stephen and the Unafraid Unashamed podcast and check out Doug's uh, Castamonia podcast um, because those are really good as well. And uh, we hope to see you again next time we uh, mess it up. Ta-ta. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.